Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of TC Getting Fit, where we have real conversations about real stuff. So let's get into it. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of TC Getting Fit. I know it's been a long time, you know, this spring semester was a lot of craziness happening, but we're back for now. I don't know how long I'll be here, but we're back. But I also have a special guest today. I'm going to let him introduce himself, but I have Winston here with me. Winston's going to introduce himself, and we're just going to talk about our experience with being Black PhD students um, at PWIs, because you also at PWI, right? Um, and just chat a little bit and recap our year. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Let the people know who you are, what you do, who you represent, what set you from. Rep your set. Yes. Yes. So. <laughs> so my name is Winston J. Scott. Um, I am a third year doctoral student in sociology. Um, my main focuses are like race and ethnicity and education inequality. Um, and I'm and I want to specifically focus on like I'm um, black graduate students, so that's the reason why I created a page, they're black grads. Like, we want to talk about it more later, but I really love that page because it kind of inspired me to do something that is helping others but also helping myself. Um, as I was mentioning earlier, like, I um <clears throat> am administrative assistant for a reproductive health and healing center as well, um, St. Kofa Hills. Um, and it's like a really a great experience is like experience helping like black moms on the south side of Syracuse. Um, also, I'm from the Bronx, New York, but I go to school at Syracuse University. Okay, so how did you get to Syracuse from New York? Well, that is in New York. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, girl, no, it doesn't feel like New York sometimes. Okay, because I'm like, those are two different parts of New York, though, right? Yes. Like Bronx, what city is Syracuse in? um Syracuse is a city like oh, okay, just, okay. yeah so Syracuse is central New York they don't like to call it upstate New York they like to call it central New York central New York <laughs> yeah so I got here um because pretty much like I didn't want to move out of New York State um for graduate school I didn't want to be too far away from the family yeah um most of my family is in New York City so I did my undergrad at the University of Rochester with Laura yeah hey so, laura yes um so pretty much uh it was like not too far from my alma mater but also not too far from home so i was like this is like kind of like a great um balance in terms of distance because i didn't want to be too close because i'm caribbean like and i feel like my parents sometimes oh my gosh i'm caribbean too where are you from <laughs> I'm no, Haitian. I'm Jamaican. Wow, look at that. Now we had another similarity and did not even know it. <laughs> oh, wow, this is crazy. That is so funny. Um, Laura's going to be upset because she was like, how Winston got on the podcast before? <laughs> but, you know, it's okay. She'll get on. You know, yeah. we have to put this on a calendar. We so, do. Because, you know, folks like to be busy. All right, so what was your undergrad degree in or what it is, what is it in? Um, so I got a Bachelor of Arts in African African Studies and uh -huh. Anthropology. Um, so that was also like an interesting experience because I didn't see myself in anthropology. Um, and even now, like I'm in sociology. So it's just like 
I'm doing so many, I'm jumping through so many disciplines, but it's also interdisciplinary in itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just getting to that point, like getting from starting at that point and getting to like this point, it kind of like shaped my experience of like why I am, why I operate the way I do in terms of like my academic, my scholarship, like my service work and all that stuff. Okay, cool. I always think people who major in sociology, anthropology, and psychology are like cool people because I think it takes a certain like mindset to like study people if that makes sense like I was a health promotion major in undergrad and like I study like communities Mm -hmm. I've never really studied the individual and how like individuals interact in like environments and stuff I'm I've I've been more of the is it macro yeah or is it micro is will community be considered macro or micro it could, it could be both okay. depending on how you're looking at it yeah yeah so I always think it's like kind of cool because it's like damn do you like think about yourself when you be like doing your research and stuff yeah so I think and I think that's like what I've noticed and I feel like with a lot of black folk who do research nowadays it's like a lot of research um that's mm-hmm. happening yeah. because I think that's why like for me like I from undergrad um <laughs> I thought I my phone. It's okay. We'll we'll just we'll just keep going. Go ahead. <laughs> it's cool. Um, what is it? Even like from undergrad, my research interest didn't really change as much. Um, because I was a McNair scholar. Okay. So, McNair. Yeah. So it's just like from that that point, like discuss, having like these different research interests and like these different research research focus, I realized that a lot of these things is like what I'm interested about in my own self. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that a lot of um, a lot of us who are like doing research, we tend to like um, try to do the me search part because it's kind of cool at like, understanding like how society is affecting your overall personhood. Um, but yeah, I'm not, but I'm not a research person. Don't get me wrong; like, I'm not like a gung ho. I don't. Yeah. Wait. So how are you in a PhD program and <sighs> research? I'm asking that all the time. So I like so here. Don't get me I'm confused. I'm confused. <laughs> Because, I mean, excuse me, (laughs) what are you doing here? Don't get me wrong. I feel like I love research, but I think um, when I became a McNair scholar, that's something that they've always been telling us, like, we have to do research, we have to do during this whole professoriate route, whatever. So I didn't necessarily know too much what, um, what, I didn't know too much of the other things that you can do with a PhD. That is like. So now I'm like, oh, research is cool and all, but that's not the only thing I can do. I can most definitely be um, on a full, um, full, like teach full time, or I could like do admin, do go into administration work within academia and change and do, make some change there. So I will be on a research project quick. Like right now I'm on a research, a research project, but it's just like, do I want to like be on it? Like that's my first choice. No, but it's like, it's a part of like being a PhD, like a PhD student or yeah. You know, that's why I'm just like, mm, just find what I have to do right now. But <laughs> after this, <laughs> you like, I'm out of here. What's your um, what's your research team? What are y'all looking at? Wait, say it again. I said, what are y'all looking at on your research project? Oh, so right now we just started and we like started to get the ball rolling. Um, so I'm working with the um Unchained organization. Um, is based in um Syracuse. So it's about it's like 
pretty much focusing on like um what is it the incarceration system and um just trying to make sure like the incarceration system is doing what they're supposed to do in the terms of like this new bill that just been um, passed um less is more so basically um in terms of like having uh less time to be more in term and less time is equated to more rehabilitation time because we have learned that folks who are incarcerated or like being in incarcerated for that long period of time is not necessarily doing them just in terms of rehabilitation yeah yeah um so I think in that way like um I'm supposed to like my position is pretty much just like coordinating the times that um different um researchers um are going to be I'm sorry I'm probably saying it wrong I'm sorry so I'm coordinating to, I'm still trying to figure out my role too no it's cool no but it's like pretty much I'm gonna be overseeing like other researchers and coordinating them to like look at different um um court times to just make sure that um different judges are upholding um, this newly passed bill within the courtroom system and then we're just collecting data on that and hopefully we bring another bill to the um to play and hopefully get passed yeah um, so i'm just like a small part of this bigger larger project i mean we all have to play our roles i think on research teams i don't really like the i don't mind the research part of the research Mm -hmm. but I don't like the back end of like doing writing the paper I'd be like "Ooh, this can somebody else I'll do that <laughs> I look at the data um because I'm part of a research team still now mm -hmm. um, we're looking at the experience of black students in study abroad programs and their sense of belonging um and how does anti-racism or anti-blackness show up in study abroad programs essentially mm -hmm. Is what we're looking at um and it's been cool it's been we've been doing it since 2019 oh, um, okay. so it's been a cool little experience now in the writing part it's like sometimes my imposter syndrome shows up when it comes to like writing important papers i'd be like these folks got phd i don't know <laughs> right um, we have a question for you um yeah. have you been on like a research project that you would say like wasn't directly in your field of interest or you have always been like education boom oh that's a good question um i think they all have been in education or like when i was in health promotion it was like public health related mm -hmm. i haven't done anything outside of um sorry there's like this papa john's guy delivering he's like struggling <laughs> to get to the place anyway at least stop looking at doing that. But um, no, I have not been outside of like my scope of interest, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because like you said, a lot of this is like me search. And for me to enjoy what I'm writing about um, and what I want to look at, it has to somehow relate to me, which people be like, mm. so like, all my research and things I'm interested in are surrounded around Black people or Black women. If you mm -hmm. that, don't invite me to the table because I don't have anything to say to you about it because it's not that I don't care, but it's not what I'm interested in right now. Because right. I think there's a lot of, a lot of times our voices are like missing from the literature and like I'm doing, I'm working on like, because we have like a publishable for our grad program, which we'll talk about our experiences in that. Mm -hmm. But so I'm doing it on like 
experiences of Black former student athletes. And a lot of times, like, our voices can, like, be missing from that literature. I'm like, I'm finding stuff, but it's right. people, it's not a lot of people doing um, the research, which we can get into, like, the review journals and how gatekeeping happens. Yeah. How it's harder for Black folks to publish, but for the most part, our voices tend to be missing. Yeah. Literature about us. So with that being said, this is year three. You're a Black man at this PWI. What has that been like? We've been through COVID, the Black Lives Movement. Okay, like, I got, I feel that I had to start from year one. <laughs> like, what happened to now? <clears throat> so year one, I came in in 29, fall 2019. And then, like, literally... I started in person, everything was fine. Like, obviously grad school is already, it's tough. Grad school is already tough. Like, yeah, it's ghetto. It's ghetto as hell. Like, and then year, and then, then the semester after that is when COVID happened. And keep in mind in that same year, so I'm, oh, I didn't realize I'm wearing this. So this sweatshirt is not, it says not again SU. So have you heard about that? Okay, so I have a friend who went to Syracuse Law School. Actually, yes. And then I have another friend who went to who got a master's from there. So I mm. feel like I seen it on their page about that. Right. Um, and I probably know I probably know those friends too. I probably do. <laughs> Kendall, and Mer- Kendall got her master's in ooh, let me not get to lie. I want to say PR. <laughs> Kendall can okay. still love you. But Marissa got her law degree from Syracuse. Let me see when they both graduated. Okay. Cause I probably because I was here and I and I'm and to know about certain things and know people. So I was like, I probably cross paths with folks. Not you, fam. You are popular. Marissa. Uh, chill, chill, chill. Good stuff. Marissa graduated in 2019. Oh, no, she passed the bar in 2019. Okay. I'm stopping her Instagram to get the right date. I should know this by heart. Love you guys. <laughs> but I can't remember. Dang, where's her grad pictures? Okay, hold on. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. So she graduated 2017. So she from undergrad. So she had to, yeah, she graduated in 2019. Okay. Okay, so I probably didn't meet her. Well, if she was still around, I don't know. Probably, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna show you pictures. You might. Actually, she do look familiar. Like, such so, so bad bitch right there. Yeah. <laughs> and candle. Oh my friends, I love you guys. If I'm like, girl, Kendall graduated in 2020. Okay, she graduated. Yeah, she graduated in 2020, actually, I think. Okay, so I probably cross paths with her. Like, yeah, this is what Kendall looks like. I can barely see. Well, anywho, I have friends who went there. That's the point I'm trying to make. Period. But yeah, so all of that was happening. Like, so the the protests and the sit-ins were happening um, before um, COVID happened. And for me, entering on the campus, I'm like, I just spent my four years like fighting racism at the other institution. Now I'm going back a whole. I'm going to a whole other institution. I got fight, fight a fight. That's like mind me, but I'm just like I just got here. 
so it was weird. It was so weird. And it was like to the point where it was like as a grad student who also has just been a student activist for all four years, it's like, do I jump in or do I, you yeah. know, or do I just watch it casually? So I couldn't watch it casually by because like literally I felt that pain, especially like as a recent graduate, I'm like, this is not right um, in terms of like, the students are requesting like small things and like y'all are not trying to just get provide those resources or like just let, hear them out that's crazy so it remind me it remind me a lot of things from like my undergrad experience so that happened and then being online from like that semester onward to like year two year two was crazy because it's just like everything was online no one knew what was going on these zoom meetings were just ridiculous i was zoom fatigued like no one wants to talk about that, but that shit is real and ghetto as fuck. Um, sorry if I'm cursing, but like, oh no, just, listen, this is this is the podcast for that. Okay, like it was just so weird. Like, and I think for me, it was kind of just annoying when you ask for like um, <clears throat> direction from your department at times, and they, they they weren't like really giving you enough information. They were like, and it's and it's fine. I feel like it was just like in questionable times, but it's just like they felt like there was not the much support when folks needed it, especially yeah. when it was time for like the, uh, no, when it was like globalized, when it, well, it's still global racism is happening, but like, I feel like right now, not to segue, but like the whole Buffalo thing, they, like I want to know about yeah. And it's just like, not saying I want my department to reach out to me like, oh, hi, how are you okay? But like- But they should though, cause you're, should. you're in New York. Bro, Buffalo, like this man- right? Buffalo's not that far, is it? Buffalo is like I would say like two or three hours away, but but keep this. This man drove from Conklin, New York. That is literally like I think that's an hour drive from Syracuse. So he drove through Syracuse, drove through Rochester, go to Buffalo, and I'm just like, what if I decide to go to Buffalo for the weekend? Like I didn't try to contact yesterday. <laughs> I don't know, but, but I think a lot of times like. I struggle with things like that because I went to Clemson for uh, my master's and I feel like, okay, even now, even now at the University of Georgia, go dogs, when major things happen in like globally or like nationally and affects black people, it's silence, it's radio silence. It's like, yeah. are we not watching the same news? Yeah. So think about it. Nobody from my department at work, no one from school has checked in on my well-being is as if it's like, like, do people not know what to say? I don't get that because I have, I have noticed that, which sucks because as a black person, one, we have to check up on one another. We Mm. have to do that work to heal. But like, we're also looking over our shoulders every five seconds because like the grocery store is not safe. Going to church is not safe. Your own bed is not safe. You can't drive without, like, every time I see a police car, like, when I'm driving, I'll be like, ah, shit, ah, shit, ah, shit, ah, shit. (laughs) Yo, I, not to, like, this is so funny because, well, it's not funny, but at the same time, it's like, whatever. But this woman, she was trying, I guess, you know, people have, like, these uh, pregnancy reveals, whatever, so she had um, her stick that she peed on. But, like, I guess the officer was in on it but he basically pulled the um, husband over the husband's black and he's like oh i didn't know you have a baby in the car without no seatbelt 
And Amanda's like, this black man is shaking. <laughs> like, he's literally shaking. You know, you don't prank a black man like, like that. Like, come on. Is this a white woman doing this prank? She's a black woman. Too. She's a black woman. I was like, girl, now you know. <laughs> was it a white officer? It was a white officer, bro. Like, I was like. <laughs> see, see, no, ma'am. She could have found a different way to prank. Where's the egg? Way, Crack like, an egg. Put a bun in the oven or something. Um, like. No, the, if any of my friends are listening, don't prank me you're using the police. Because <laughs> I'm passing out right there and then, so. Nah, but like, I don't know. People just, I, I feel like that's just, that's just the thing too. Like, it's things like that. It has like, um like prank worthiness to, but also it just shows that how like traumatic those experiences are. Mm-hmm. Because like, even in, even when that was a joke, but like that was, this man was literally shaking. And I, for me personally, it's just like, Living in living in America is scary as hell. Like just being pulled over by the police because you don't know whether or not it's gonna be the end of your life. Like mm-hmm. it's sad. Yeah, and I got then- pulled over like a couple weeks ago because all right, so I kind of went past a school bus when the stop sign was there. Okay, so I stopped <laughs> oh, it. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, visually, let me let me let me give you a visual. So the you know, the school bus put their stop uh-huh. thing. But I literally was in front, kind of like half of my car was in front of the stop thing. The rest of it was behind. So Uh I stopped, but I was like, no, I'm good to go. Cause like, technically I'm beyond it. The moment I put my foot on that gas, it was like, I was like, fuck, I already knew what's up. So he got to the window. He was like, do you know I stop you? I was like, yes, sir. (laughs) I was like, I, yeah, I, I know. He was like, but why'd you go? I was like, Honestly, I thought I was good because I was past it. But yeah, I understand I shouldn't have. And <laughs> I had I had just got off work. And for some odd reason, I had put my book bag in the trunk. And I had both of my hands on the wheel. And he was like, can I see your license and registration? And I was okay. like, all right. Can I step out <laughs> to get <laughs> my wallet out of my truck? And I was like, you can follow me. And I'm going to, I was like, officer, I'm going to remove my hands now. I'm going to unlock this door and I'm going to open my trunk and I'm going to let you know every step of the way what I'm doing. He was probably like, so I was like, all right, unlocking the door. All right, opening my trunk. I am now walking to the trunk, sir, closing my trunk. But he gave me a warning. So I said, thank you so much. Nice. I appreciate that because the way I do not want my insurance to go up with the ticket, <laughs> knocking on wood, this fake wood. Mm-mm not doing that so but, um, <laughs> are you the only black person in your cohort or are you in a cohort model or yeah so i am the only black person now ah, yeah. Which freak is... him. Freak him. you deserve free therapy bro like your every... your committee chair is there are they white yeah <gasps> are there any black faculty members Yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay, not you have to think about it. That means they're scarce. No, <laughs> they are, you have to go afraid. find the black people. Sadly, okay. So here's the thing. I feel though. So and so, my cohort. I'm the only black person, but I'm not the only black student in my department. I will say that the cohort behind me has two other black students. Um, yeah. And then there's one student who just received her her PhD like this past um, weekend. 
And there's another student I have never seen before. He's black though. Well, no, he's he's racially ambiguous. Like explain. So like he looks mixed or whatever, but you can't, I can't really like. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I can't yeah, he didn't out. identify as yeah, yeah. So, no, sometimes that's a little toughy too. Like if the community around you is not, you know, helping the advancement of the people, sometimes it's hard. We had a it it is. And I think I wish that it was like in the department there was more like um black people. Like I know next year, coincidentally enough, somebody who just got recently um admitted to our like school and she's going to our gonna be in our department, she lives right around the corner from me in the city. So it's like it was just look at it. And it was just like when I when I met her in person, we were just like, oh wow, like you were vibe. Like it's just it was just like the connection. It makes it worth it. Am I um in my cohort, one is a cohort of two currently. Well, it's not currently, it's forever a cohort of two. She's another Black woman. Shout out to Brie. Yes. Um, the cohort coming behind us is only one person, and they're definitely not Black. And then the cohort above us, there's two Black people and a, lot, a good bit of Black people graduated from the program. But and then we only have black one black faculty. Who know? Really? Huh? Yeah, I got, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got one. Yeah, a black woman. So imagine the labor it takes for her to be able to advise two black women, survive herself, and get her shit done. Sometimes I'd be like, how can I help you? Wow. So are y'all not like, so are they not seek? Well, I, I feel so like there are people who are qualified. They're just not looking for those people. I'm not, I was going to ask, yeah. So are you talking about a faculty member or? Faculty. <laughs> well, both. Both? Yeah. yeah. You know, we have to have tough conversations around what does recruitment and recruit, like recruitment and retention looks like for both like students and staff, Black staff members and Black students, because there are people out there, mm-hmm. but you know, there are certain politics around hiring people, what kind of people they want to hire. Right. I don't know for your program, if y'all like like qualitative researchers or like quantitative researchers, like, you know, they yeah. want to look for quant people. Well, most quant people, to, sadly to say, most quant people are white people. Most mm-hmm. Black folks or people of color are literally using stories to tell their research. So you're not mm-hmm. gonna really find, I mean, there are some black quant folks, but it's kind of rare to find black quant right. folks. So if there are certain parameters of where, oh, right, what you're looking for, then you get what you get. And also Athens is like, who the hell wants to live in Athens by choice? No one, <laughs> no black person really wants to live in Athens. Right. So if you want to recruit faculty of color or black faculty member, you're gonna have to talk big money most of the time. And we know how higher ed pays um, goes. That's a different story, different day. But nah, like that, and that's a, and I think that's the reason why sometimes I kind of get nervous about saying I want to stay in academia, like because just like people literally exploit faculty, they exploit everybody. Academics exploit everybody, every motherfucking day. Like <laughs> it's so crazy. Like the students, staff, faculty, everybody. Even the even the place where. 
the the institution that is exploiting the city like typically like it's crazy that's why i'm just like do i want to do i want to be a part of this exploitation this cycle exploitation like is that something but it's like i can see the change that i can possibly do on the campus but it's just like that's just it's just but it's just a lot i feel like that's just a lot like the, like we did so much your professor earlier like that's a lot of work for one person to like even have on their back yeah like, it is i mean i'm i, I I also struggle with that too, because it's like if we all leave, who's gonna do the work? But it's like at what cost? I think sometimes what really like messes with my head is like when I work with students who have bachelor's degree who are like going into tech world, they'd be like, Yeah, my starting salary is like 95k. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I have a master's degree and I'm not seeing anywhere close to that. And I know if I was to go into a tech company or like something outside of higher ed, I have a lot of transferable skills yep. from both undergrad and my master's program and my work experience that easily could get me to those numbers. It's like, do I continue to be a slave for higher ed? That's how I see it. <laughs> you know, that it's so funny because um, someone, I was at a graduation this past weekend at the U of R. And then um, someone mentioned that, and I think he, I think he mentioned that his speech like, "Don't be a slave to um, the university, or don't be a slave." And I'm just like, "You are absolutely right. You are definitely absolutely right." Because it's just like at this point, it's just. So I, I don't. I'm just. I think that's why I'm just annoyed with higher ed. I just feel like we have the tools. We literally develop theories and like conceptualize all these different things. And especially, and this is, and this is like, a, this is like a dig towards higher education, like, um, because I, I find myself to be like a higher education scholar too. So it's just yeah. like, we are developing these tools and these instruments to like better assist our students, whatever. But yet, no one is, no one is like believing. Is not when it's time to actually like put them, um, the, the work to what's actually happening. No one wants to believe it, but it's like happening before their eyes. I'm just like, that does not make any sense. What's the whole point of having these different researchers, these different scholars and everything, you're not gonna believe what is being mm -hmm. um, researched um, on. Yeah, I think last semester I, had, I struggled a lot because everything we were reading and we were talking about in class has been things that people have been talking about for like, years and years and like we're saying yes COVID has showed us x y and z within higher ed COVID has shown that one we can do this work virtually and be flexible there's COVID has showed us disparities within you know certain populations of students when it we think about first gen students black students um and then like you know low-income students rural students and then students within the margin like within the intersection of all those uh, marginalized identities and it's like what are you what are we doing it takes so long for us to get things done in higher ed mm -hmm. and most of the times it takes the labor of black and brown people to move that needle and it's at, at what cost you know right <clears throat> It's, like, it's definitely the black tax like i think that's definitely something that like it, it kind of sucks that as black people we are um forced to like oh, um, undergo like this uh emotional um burden this physical toll like all these different things it's like damn can i not just be a human being just like can i just not come to work right like just exist on this, this rock 
just exist here <laughs> like for free yeah and then the thing is like the way i'm built i can't be mediocre so like if i'm gonna do the work i'm going to go all the way one because as a black woman i don't have the ability or the chance to be mediocre because the, the moment i'm mediocre they're gonna find somebody else to replace me yeah. and then i i just don't move that way but it's like oh my goodness everything can be so performative and i just be sitting here like do you do y'all hear yourselves talking this mm-hmm. nonsense yeah. like how does this benefit students needs because when the people making those decisions are not literally interacting with students and as somebody who interact with students i'm like they don't give a fuck about this shit they don't they right. want they want what they want and what they need and what you're telling me now does not benefit the students and i think something that we also need to consider is like the staff and faculty members that are doing this work a lot of times we focus on students needs and student success but faculty and staff retention is i'm i think is just as important now because people are literally leaving the field yeah i have friends who have left higher ed i'm like and they were good people they were like good workers but if somebody can work from home double their salary work-life balance they're gonna take it yeah. I don't blame them. Shoot. Yeah, that's the thing, and I think that's what it is too. Because, like, I don't know. I feel as though like the pandemic has literally shown me that people are just fake as fuck. Like, and, <laughs> and I think that's what it is. And it's like, act like academics are fake as fuck. Like, just it's just so crazy. Because I think once I start to accept the fact that, like, can you know? Okay, and I'm gonna give use this example. I I I mean, in terms of like. Sending, sending out emails or like talking during staff meetings. I noticed that a lot of people, they don't, they're not talking directly at like the issue or the problem. It's really just to talk around it and not, and I'm just like, why do we like to talk around issues and trying to sound so damn educated when we can just literally just say what the problem is and handle that shit? Like, why does it have to be like a whole tiptoe around thing? And I, and for me, I think that's, that's like, going back to like what you, like the earlier thing, like how I got to year three, it's literally like, I'm like, I don't want, I don't like the pressure of like films where I have to be like this form of an academic. Cause I feel that like a scholar, scholars are changing as the years go by. And I just feel that I'm, you gotta map your own um, thing, like map your own um, journey out. And I just feel that like having these moments of time where you have to um, be like these, be like everybody within academia, why would I want to do that? I, that's the, that legit de- de- defeats the purpose of academia, having different um, sources of knowledge come together. So it's just like, I don't know. I'm just like, I, I don't know. Year, year three for me has literally just been to a point where I'm just like a direct and like to the point because like what I realized a lot of people misconstrued a lot of like interactions and like what people are saying. So if you're going to misconstrue anything, I'm going to be direct as hell. So you don't have to misconstrue. So there's no confusion. No. Nope. Yeah, that is crazy. It's just so much, it's so much to do. So your research is around black graduate students. You have a platform on social media. How did we get there? Uh so we got there. I'm gonna say that um one day I was looking on Instagram. I noticed that there was like um different like Instagram pages for like oh how to's or whatever. And at first I did black girls was supposed to be a podcast, but okay. then I'll, but then I was like, I can't do this. This is too much work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. That's why there has not been an episode since January. It's okay. <laughs> because let me tell you, this spring semester has kicked 
my ass. I'm gonna try to get to rhythm. So my point, mm, we'll see. You got this. You definitely got this. Mm-hmm. And shout out to you for being able to like start back up on the podcast show, um thing because it's a lot. Cause you gotta take the clip, trim it if you gotta trim it, and then you gotta. Sometimes I don't even do that. I just release. <laughs> you get what you get. Okay. Raw and uncut. All right. Authentic. Yes. Um. But like, they're black grad. So I wanted to like have like a space where black folk can like talk to each other and just like communicate and have this community of network of people um but so my next best thing was to do like a blog thing and then what I want to do is like kind of separate myself from like what other like black grad um platforms are doing which is like sharing stories haven't done them in a while now so this is like a little shameless plug to like you know if anyone looking to like submit a story to me about their black graduate stu- um, school experience send to their black grads i do have like a google form it will be up and running soon oh i'm gonna send one yeah but i will definitely um be sharing that soon um but with that being said i wanted that to have like more of like like just so other black graduates to understand that we're all not in this alone. Like we're going through the same exact struggle, even though we're at different institutions, even though we're in different fields and majors, we're still like working through the struggle and you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just feel that like it just started, it just started to like develop on its own, like through the story that people are providing and through my own experiences and through like the different um, vlogging things in terms of like having these many interviews and stuff that I have on the page I feel though like that's what kind of like sparked my interest so I try to make the um page as like multi multi-versatal or well not, I don't think that's the word like versatile as possible I think I know what you mean yeah like so I pretty much just wanted to like have have like a space for us black folks to just be together I will say I haven't really posted since March. April. Whoa, oh yeah, you got me. <laughs> Dang. I'm sorry, April 8th. Sorry. Okay. I'm right. like, March 25th. Oops. Let me not talk shit because you posted more recently than I have. But yeah, I'm looking at the page and it's like a lot of good stuff. It's a lot of cool stuff. Um, I have went to your session, classes in session with Laura, my girl Laura, the genius. Yes. I was gonna say her full name, but I don't want her to. Yeah, my podcast. So. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that, Laura. She's listening to this. Oh um, but you know that was cool, and I think it was kind of it was cool as hell to like be on that IG live and like Laura's definitely into like the STEM and um oh let me not who was the other Dominique right mm-hmm. Dominique was also in STEM and like. I was on, I didn't know what the hell they were talking about in terms of STEM, but I still experienced, I still understood their experiences because they were Black women going through uh, PhD programs. And I told you this earlier, I was like, yeah, we're definitely in different fields, but mm. like, I feel like our stories are like, they're not, I wouldn't say they're the same because we, of course, experience different things because, you know, you may have other intersecting identities that I don't know about or don't see. And like, you know, you were up north and I'm in the south. So there may be, but the themes are the same. We all struggling as Black grad students. And it goes back to my point earlier. These institutions are still not doing anything to help retain 
and support Black students. Facts. And that, this is very true. And that is why I want to like connect my dissertation to my page. I think that is a long-term goal in terms of like this PhD thing because in a long, like in long, long time, I do want my dissertation to be taken as like a policy brief in a way. Um, so oh, like to nice. give, yeah, to give to like other institutions, like this is the resources that would be helpful for black graduate students, you know, like just because it's like, it's so annoying that folks literally talk about this shit all the time. And like, why the hell do I have to like, and it, I don't have the problem right now because I feel that I love what I'm doing. I love interacting with other people, but it's just like, the fact that folks need a, a guide in order to just understand the resources that for students to like do well or just like have like a great student experience at an institution, like why do you need to do that? Like just think about like I don't know. I feel so white people sometimes are just kind of like very interesting when it comes down to race and just like how if they can choose what they want to focus on because dang, I don't know if this is gonna be problematic. You know, spice it up a bit. <laughs> okay. I feel like institutions in general have different agendas. And I think that Black, Black students' agenda is not at their forefront. They're, we're going to focus on rural students. We're going to focus on what other marginalized I didn't just cannot think about. We're gonna focus on first gen students. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna focus on any other marginalized identity you can think about. Yes, there are black students within those intersections of you know first gen rural and things like that, but I feel like it's an afterthought. Oh yes, I'm going to focus on the black rural student experience but like even then I don't even think that happens I don't even think we think about like when we think about like I feel like here's what I'm really trying to say I feel like unless there's people at the table who look like these black students their their identities or their experiences get are forgotten mm -hmm. because the way that I support a black first gen student is going to look a lot different than how I support a white first gen student. Yeah. Yes, they're first generation, but there's a cultural difference and a cultural understanding that I have to that black first gen student that me and that white student are not going to, to have that understanding. And like, there's also a cultural understanding that like, if my black student shows up, you know, like physically shows up in a space, I'm going to understand what that like emotion is with that black student because mm -hmm. I know what it feels. I'm, does that make sense? No, that makes a lot of sense. I know what you're saying. Yeah. So, like, I don't think you we're have that connection, that that relationship to them mm -hmm. through that cultural lens or that culture. Yeah, yeah. And just thinking about you know critical race theory and how like the different capitals that students have and even like as a white first gen student they're still they still have way more capital than the black student right. socially you know culturally all those things that the black student doesn't have so like how do we bridge that gap i don't know how, i don't have the answer nor do i have the time to 
Yeah. And I think, too, we don't get paid for that. Like, that, so it's just, <laughs> I asked about, like, high key. I, I think for next year, that's why I didn't, I didn't want to, like, because I, I was the BGSA president this past year, and I will say that and I love my experience, but I think I want to do more, but it was just, like, very difficult because coming straight out of COVID and trying to, like, get people together and then trying to, like, make sure that you stay within the guidelines of the university or whatever. So it's just, like, it was so difficult to, like, dang, where was I going with the start? Like, you know when you have a thought that's going, it's just, like, y'all that's how it was earlier i was like what do i really want to say yeah <laughs> there's so much to say it is like i didn't like well dang i really lost my train of thought with that i'm sorry it's okay it'll come back to you yeah when it come back i'm gonna let you know thank you um oh i just okay now i wonder if we could possibly do something together. Cause me, I feel like I'm about to give Brie more work. Cause I feel like we could do some work around like our experiences cross institution at PWIs and push out some, some research on that if we have time. Okay. It'll be like an interdisciplinary like analysis maybe oh how about like like using social media all right i'm gonna think about it some more and then tell you after this okay okay my wheels are like literally spinning i'm thinking about how to use social media um and kind of like support systems cross institution to help support like kind of creating a bigger like national BGSA thing. So how do we create that support mm-hmm. for students? And inter- you see where I'm going with it? I see where you're going with that. That's oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. Let me let me put, put this drum because think about it. Like a lot of times, like you're like okay, so it's two of us currently in my cohort, and there's maybe two more in my program. That's four of us. I don't really talk to other PhD, black PhD students on my campus. Whereas like, I feel like if there was like a greater like community and network within it, well, like we do have like our own BGSA, we call it GAPS, which is like the Graduate Association and Professional Graduate <laughs> and Professional, I don't know, <laughs> it exists. Don't shoot me because I don't know. <laughs> Which brings back the point. Like, why I don't know the name? Like, I'm not hiding. Like, where's that happen? Why is that disconnect happening? Right. So, you know, I'm going to write that down. No, that'd be dope. Like, so would you say, like, this, like, people have, okay, so I have a question. So, would it be like resources to, like, what they're on campus, like, what on what's offered resources that's offered on campus as well yeah that'd be so dope and i'm sure we'll find some gaps with like like thinking about funding funding models right and thinking about like application process for fellowships all you all the hoops you have to jump through like the disparities in like black graduate students receiving those fellowships oh i 
Oh, I got some ideas. Oh, yeah. Go. Okay. Okay, I'm going to write this down. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. All right. So, we're going into fourth year four. So, what's next? What's next, you know, for this program? What's next for the page? So, year four. So, I try, so I try to. Um, so, okay, so year four, I am supposed to be taking my exam in the fall, and I want to be able to have my proposal defense, no, my proposal for my dissertation um, for next spring. So, yes, I shall hopefully be defending it by next spring. So, I should be fully dis like dissertating by next spring or like by end of spring, hopefully. I pray to God. Um, I just want to be done with next year because like just think about my exams right now i haven't really started doing my memo writing i'm supposed to i was supposed to send my advisor something like three weeks ago but do i need to hold you accountable huh do i need to hold you accountable nah, huh? no girl i got it i got it i mean because the much like she was asking for memos and it was the end of semester i'm like i am tired after grading what is a memo work. we don't do that what's a memo like you just basically like so <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. What's a memo? That sounds like law school. Girl, like, so they so they want us to like write a memo for our exam, whatever. Well, it's just basically like to keep note of like what you read and whatnot. Cause on your exam, we have to write like um part um comprehensive exam, we have to do like two 30-page papers in one week. Yeah. So and it's gonna, yeah. So it's it's, it's pretty beastly. So the memos are there just to ask you like your notes. So if you need anything to get from your your memos, you just put it and you bring it to your um right to your paper that you're writing. Um, so they have so to proofread your notes, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Like just so I just I'm gonna hang up it or just like I'm reading and understanding the text correctly. I don't necessarily have to give it to them all the time, but it would be best. So it's like because these people are on my committee, so like then they would be the one that's like assigning me my questions. So I had to like make sure and like am I answering or am I looking at this text correctly? um but i'm gonna get it done i just feel like i'm just like really just chilling now like but i'm trying to get out of that mode of like chilling because i'm always chilling since i got to grad school i've been relaxing laura could tell you i was high strong in undergrad in terms of like everything got to be like this but now i'm, just, I'm really just chilling. Honestly, it's, all, it's all an art of finessing so do you guys also have to take an oral comp or just a writing no no just writing so that's why do both. yeah you had to do both. Yeah, we had to do the writing and then we gotta talk about what we wrote, basically. Yeah, honestly, I'm happy we just had to do the writing and just mm -mm, I'd rather just, just talk. Well, yeah, because I think because with, with the talking, so it basically it's not like one cancel out the other, like is it it's all it's cumulative together, right? The talk, yeah, the so basically they'll be asking us questions around what we basically can you talk about what you just wrote. And what you like. <laughs> yeah, why you said it like that? Because <laughs> all right, full disclaimer. I went this, I went through this past year not taking notes. I took notes on my reading articles, like themselves, but like in uh -huh. class, I ain't taking no notes. So one of my mentors was like, um, next year I need you to your ass to take notes. I'm like, <laughs> notes on what exactly? Because it's like to me it's kind of hard to like take notes like i know i should but it's like what am i taking notes on because it's like conversation but i'm gonna do better i'm gonna do better 
Do I have to hold you accountable? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I'm gonna get to comps and they're gonna be like, so I'm like, we, we talked about this. What are we talking about? Yo. <laughs> Imagine if I get to comps and I don't know shit. I'm gonna be sad. Bro, honestly, if yo, I don't know. That would be so terrifying. Like damn, and then ah! I'll be I'll like, I'll be so damn. embarrassed. I'd be so embarrassed. <laughs> I don't want to be embarrassed. See, I was so scared to post um that I got into a PhD program just in case I flunk out. I don't have to explain to people. <laughs> <laughs> I posted it on social media, so I gotta finish that because I don't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no facts. Like, how's this PhD like, program going? I'm like, uh. Bro, that's why sometimes I literally don't like some of the accolades I've been getting. I'm like, I don't really want to post them or like talk too much about them. I'm like, dang, people people are going to know it's still not going to be clocking because I am one of the bitches that be clocking. I'm like, they said it was <laughs> two weeks ago. Oh, okay, they're still in the program. Oh my God. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, even when I was at um, the graduation this past week, and people were like, oh yeah, you're in the PhD program. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. Like, just trying to like avoid it quite. I really don't even. That's another thing. I don't like talking about school like that. Like, if I don't, if if, if I had an opportunity not to talk about school, I'm not gonna talk about. Yeah, like, you know, that's what our lives are. Okay, right. so you sent us the invite for graduation because I got you, of course. Yes, invitation. We will log on virtually. Everybody invited. Everybody invited. Um, what method are you using? Um, so I know, I know, I think for sure I'm going to be using like qualitative methods. Um, I know in the beginning I, I said I want to do like a mixed method, um, kind of approach, but then you must not want to graduate in the <laughs> yeah, no, but that's okay. <laughs> baby. You just gotta finish. Girl, that's exactly what I said, too. That's what I like. I kind of Dim down my expectation. I was like, you know, let me just call. Not saying call is like a is like a downscale, but it's like I really just want to be done with this degree like as soon as possible. Like, yeah, I thought quant was easier because quant all you had to do is do the analysis and stuff. Which is yeah, and that's the thing. I just don't know how I would like literally write a whole dissertation on like just numbers. Like, yeah, I can't. I can't do it because I want to look at experiences. Experiences exactly, and that's the thing too. Like, because capturing it'll be very difficult to capture experiences through like just like data that's being inputted through surveys and whatnot or like and it's not it's not in my eyes it's not a great way to capture those experiences yeah i think you'll be doing your researchers uh this service but a mixed method yeah but no but i know i think it's no longer a mixed method or like i did i might have some uh mixed method it might seem or appear to be mixed method but it's definitely very qual um focused yeah. Um, because if I'm going to be using the stories or whatnot from my um, my um, from their black grads, I will like, oh, yeah, of, yeah. So it's like the research is already developing in, in itself, and it just like yeah. just has to be done. Well, you know, let me know when you send out the call for participants, and I'll be okay. Hey, yes. you know, we gotta support one another. I know you gotta have your numbers to make it validity. Yeah and reliable you, you can tell i just took my research class <laughs> <laughs> she's, a learner. she's a learner 
She's hey, like, okay. got the A. Come on. Okay. Actually, my grades should be out by now. Let me see if grades are out. But um, I'm definitely going to do quad two. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm taking a quant series class this summer. Mm-hmm. Like, like, is it going to be doing like um, what are the statistics? I think it's Anova. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I don't like that. So one. everybody says, and it's a short series. It's a short um. Ooh, spring. So like course level, my grades are out. It's- <laughs> A 4.0 baby. Congratulations. Thank you. I don't know. I don't know why I thought I wasn't going to have a 4.0. Um, also, do you feel like grad school is much easier than undergrad? Hell yeah. Okay. And, I, and that's not trying to be cocky either. Like, I just feel like in undergrad, like, the grades I was getting undergrad, I was getting like B's. Yeah, B's. And that's it. I wasn't in it occasionally an A. But like in grass, I'm getting A's left and right. I'm like, I don't. I'm like, like oh. that's she's smart. That's she smart. Smart. <laughs> right. Okay. And also too, when I when I, I was telling my um my friend who just graduated, I'm like, she's also going to a PhD program, and I told her that in grad school, professors don't want to fail you. Like if they and if they oh, actively are trying to fail you, guys, you gotta try dumb hard to get failed. Like you gotta do so much. We gotta do so much of nothing to um to fail. Like literally, just don't can't just don't show up. Exactly. So it's just like, and that's why I just feel like grad school is just like a, it's not as it is intense, but it's not as intense in terms of like the grading system because no one wants to fail a grown ass person. Like that's od. Yeah. <laughs> that's so in the deep. summer, I don't know if this four point is still gonna exist because of quantum. It is. It is. Don't say that. I'm like, gonna call it all my friends. So how I do this? <laughs> you said what i'm supposed to do what with it how i do that um, but no um yeah i do feel that too and i feel like because like it's so focused like i'm not doing things i don't want to do mm-hmm. like i'm writing papers about things i care about so it makes right. sense why the grades are what it is yeah because with undergrad like i wasn't i was like taking these required classes but it's just like it wasn't as focused as it is in grad school because like people are literally trying to like people are in grad school are like developing their career like yeah. undergrad you're just trying to get into like that space mm-hmm. yeah. um but yeah I'm, that's what i'm just like i just need to get out now as soon as possible while it's easy quote unquote <laughs> you're almost done yeah almost you're almost out of here so um, where can the people find you? Where can they submit their story? Um, so people can find me uh, at Dear Black Grads on Instagram. Um, and if they want to follow my personal account, it's called The Real WJ Scott. Uh, as, in terms of like submitting their stories, I do have like, a Google form on my link tree. Um, I will be doing, um, I will make be making like, a post or for announcement for like calls for stories sometime this week. Um, I, yeah, I'm gonna do it this week. I'm definitely, yeah, I'm gonna put it up, post it this week. I'm gonna hold you accountable. Please do. Accountable <laughs> for your wives, because now the people are gonna be looking, my listeners, probably not. <laughs> I don't even think I have that no, many. Yeah. Well, I do have, I do, I'm gonna send it to my PhD friends. Yes, okay. 
Um, but yeah, so that thing that's pretty much like how people folks will find me and how they can submit. Um, it's in the link tree to submit, and it's like the other, I think other things they can um propose like different ideas or whatever for the page that we could talk about or whatnot like i try to make it as inclusive as possible i love get- inclusivity yes um but yeah this is really great i love being on it felt like a vibe hopefully i return the vibes um- were there the vibes were there you chat um so we i'm so glad you were able to come here and talk about your story and share a little bit about who you are maybe we can come back another time to you know do a little cross uh platform work or something like that okay maybe i'm okay so maybe a a collab and deb like grass i could bring you on the um the vlog oh ig live (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Also, I forgot to mention. I love your twist. Like, did you, you, you twist? Did you twist yourself? All right. No. Hello, Ella. <laughs> I got Laura coming on the podcast late. Um, <laughs> um. No, I did not do these myself. Um. I got somebody else to do them for me. Hey, Laura. Laura. Caddy Mott. Hi. Introduce yourself to the people. Wait, what? This is actually recording? Yes, this is recording. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I was about to come on here and say, I look crazy. First of all, there's no video, right? There's no video. Okay. Thanks for listening to another episode of TC Getting Fit. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to your podcast. And like us and follow us on Instagram at TC Getting Fit. And until next time.